On today's Insights, we share a lesson on unique content from the masters. Do advertisements on Facebook still work? And job descriptions impact your employer brand more than you think. Insights is brought to you by Haley Marketing. Do you ever wish you had an easier way to sell your staffing services? Do you wish more qualified candidates would apply to your jobs? It's time to stop wishing and start doing. Let Haley Marketing create a roadmap for your company. We'll talk with you about your goals, determine the best marketing strategies for your business, and then give you an outline of everything you need to do to succeed in this market. And the best part, it's completely free. If you'd like a marketing roadmap for your staffing company, give us a call at 888-696-2900 or email us at info at haleymarketing.com. This is Insights. Welcome to Insights, tips and best practices from the insiders at Haley Marketing. Insights will provide you with the tools you need to master your social media, digital marketing, and employer branding. Your hosts for Insights are Brad Biley and Matt Lozar. What's up? This is Brad Biley and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, it's Masters Week, buddy. It is Masters Week. We get fall golf at Augusta. So Mm -hmm. two big golf fans here on the podcast if you're just tuning in for the first time. But that's that's a little bit of excitement here for November. How you feeling, man? We're feeling great. You know, it's Masters Week for golf. Um, my, My college football team had their biggest win since 1993 with Notre Dame. And that was fun. So sports-wise and weather-wise, we're great in the Western New York area. And then I also had a note that we were very negative last time, Brad. Okay. So our guest today is one of the nicest people at Haley Marketing to help us make sure we stay in a positive light because we were mad at Google. We were mad Mm -hmm. at everybody last time. I was mad online. I remember you. As soon as we dropped the episode, I got a text from Matt saying we need to be more positive next episode. And we're not negative people, but... Yeah, I was upset at Google and I felt like people needed to know. So yeah, Matt, let's bring some positivity to the show and why don't we get started here? Here we go. A lesson on unique content from the masters. Matt, you and I are both avid golfers, love the sport, love watching golf, love being a part of it. You're a little bit better than I am. I'm okay admitting that. Matt is an incredible golfer. Uh, I'm just kind of out there enjoying the sun. It is what it is. But when we look at the masters, we can learn a lot about content marketing and social media marketing, digital marketing from the team at the masters. Matt, you sent me a great newsletter example the other day that I hope we talk about here. But as we look at what the masters is doing for the digital experience, there's a lot that can be learned for staffing and recruiting firms. Matt, why don't you get us started here? What the Masters is doing, and if you're not familiar with the Masters, it's a one of the major golf tournaments of the year. Usually it's held in April, but because of COVID, it got shifted to November in 2020. And if you're if you're a golf fan or a sports fan, the Masters is just it's a very it's in a very unique setting at a very private golf course in Augusta, Georgia, Augusta National Golf Club. And it has a very unique feel around it. And the content, and why I think Brian wants to talk about this is they don't really need to promote themselves or really build that, but the content they're producing is really deepening relationships with their current fans, hopefully with new fans 
and they're sharing that content through a number of different platforms. You know, they have their own app. They're sharing a lot of the content on social and they created this new almost, you know, quote unquote, exclusive members only newsletter that's free, but it's, it's multiple ways to distribute this unique content to its audience. You're spot on, Matt. And what I love about the team at the Masters is that they have unique content on just about every platform. When you look at the website, you can get looks at certain holes and certain tee boxes that you can't get elsewhere. When you look at their newsletter, you're getting pictures and you're getting content that you can't get on the website. When you look at social, they have a very focused effort into what they're posting on social media. And it's all calculated to showcase the Augusta brand, the master's brand. You know, they have a very specific brand that comes with every image, with every look and feel of the pieces of content that they put out. And where I think staffing and recruiting firms can take notes here is learning that you are unique and you are a very specific organization. You should have a very specific look to everything that you do across your digital footprint. You know, you don't want to be your competitors. You don't want to be somebody else. You want to be uniquely you. And if we take a lesson from the masters, it's leaning into who you are. It's leaning into your heritage, leaning into that legacy that you've built, leaning into who you are as an organization and making sure that you're showcasing that, Matt, you call it employer brand, showing that on social media, showing that on your website, showing that in your email newsletter. They're deepening relationships with the content they're showing with Augusta is this very private facility. It's very members only. So the content is behind the scenes you know, access that you don't usually get, which gets people excited. But also there was content this week about the community of Augusta, Georgia, and how they've had to adapt because 200,000 people aren't descending on their community this week. There's no patrons, is what they call fans at this golf tournament, to watch. So they lost a lot of business, but they're still, they're talking about what the event means to the community. And that's where I think the takeaway is for any other company outside of the masters, you know, staffing companies or whoever can learn from this. It's what's that content you have? What's that uniqueness you have to really deepen the relationships and, and video and people are the two perfect ways because that we connect with other people. And if you have great content, you can really further and strengthen and build those relationships with your brand. We've mentioned Brian Fanzo on this podcast multiple times. He has a great presentation about thinking like a fan. And and he has a brand around his own speaking pillar that says, think like a fan. And if you're listening to this podcast as a staffing owner, or you're sitting here listening as a recruiter and you're thinking, well, yeah, I love the masters. I love to golf too, but our content is not golf. Our content is not Azalea's, is not the Masters, is not this prestigious allure and the heritage of the Masters. We're a staffing firm. You know, what are we going to post that rivals that? It's putting yourself in a fan's perspective. What would fans of your organization want to see? Is it behind the scenes access into your recruiting process, into your hiring process? Is it a behind the scenes look at your office and how you handle the interviewing process or the hiring process? Do you want clients to know what it's like to work with you? If clients were raving fans of yours, what would they want to know more of and what access can you give them? That's one thing that Matt mentioned is incredibly beneficial with sports and social media is that they give you that access that you can't get just by watching the game, just by watching that golf outing. Think like a fan, as Brian Fanzo says, 
in show clients, prospects, candidates, what it is that makes you unique and what it is that sets you apart from the competition. And build the relationships with between your recruiters and candidates. Showcase your recruiters, maybe even before a candidate applies to work with you, or maybe if someone has already worked for you for a couple of assignments or even a couple of years, continue to build and nurture that relationship so that you have that brand and you're thinking about what someone wants to engage with in the content. And there is no magic formula. You try some different content. Your audience is unique to every other company out there, but stick to a lot of those principles of find the unique content, build your brand, You know, test the different areas you need to share this content. And when you receive the data that shows what's working well, do more of that. Matt, one last question for you. Who's putting on the green jacket this oh. weekend? That's a good question. We're we're not gonna get too much into the weeds here. I'm gonna say Bryson DeChambeau. He's just gonna hit the ball farther than everyone and win. But we'll see. At this time, we'd like to welcome on Hannah Eberly, Haley Marketing's digital marketing specialist. Hannah, welcome to Insights. Hi, Brad. Hi, Matt. Thank you for having me. Hannah, you work with a ton of clients at Haley Marketing, whether it's in a one-to-one client relationship or working behind the scenes on client projects, helping our digital marketing team with paid elements and paid aspects. Why don't you tell us what it is exactly that you do on a day-to-day basis and how you help our clients with their digital marketing? Yeah. So the majority of what I do is really leveraging digital marketing strategies on a paid basis, pay-per-click campaigns to help staffing companies to meet their recruiting goals or their client acquisition goals. And so most of the day is spent managing campaigns to get traffic to key areas of people's websites, their job board, contact us pages, um, and also just having conversations about how we can create the best strategies for success with their digital marketing. And you've seen the digital landscape really shift quite a bit since you started at Haley Marketing. When we think about paid advertising, ads on Facebook were kind of just popping up. You know, we were participating, but we weren't super active there. Now we have, I'm going to take a guess, probably 130 to 150 different Facebook advertising campaigns that we're actively managing and overseeing. So you've seen quite a shift in the industry when it comes to paid ads. Yeah, it's definitely grown a lot and it's great to see. For me, I really enjoy focusing on those Facebook campaigns in particular um, because there's so much opportunity there. People spend hours a day on social media. And so it's a perfect place to get in front of your audience and engage with them, um, even if they're not actively searching for a job or looking for a staffing partner. um, You can get in front of them and start building those relationships um, where they are just organically spending their time. So Hannah, we hear time after time that we need to be incredibly mindful of every marketing dollar that's spent. You know, as we look at working with clients and prospects throughout the year, marketing dollars are getting tight. You know, you think about COVID, you think about businesses really making sure that they know where every single dollar is going. You need to be mindful of that. And and we've certainly seen that. We've certainly seen that across the industry. So I have one really, really basic question for you. Do advertisements on Facebook still work and should staffing firms still be investing marketing dollars into Facebook ads? Uh, Yes and yes. Facebook ads certainly will work and they are worth the money, but it's a matter of spending the time to create a strategy that works for you and to make sure that you're getting ROI out of whatever you're 
putting that investment into. Um, so there's a lot of different options that staffing companies have when it comes to creating a, a paid strategy through digital marketing, um, through pay-per-click advertising. Um, and it can take a little bit of time, but there are some uh, tried and, and true strategies that you can go to to get started, dip your toes in the water um, and help make up for those areas that may have been impacted by COVID or by the economy being in the condition that it is. Facebook makes it incredibly easy to run an advertisement. You share a piece of content, you click boost, or you go into business manager and you create an, an advertisement. They make it so easy. But Hannah, is it as easy as just clicking boost or as throwing you know 10 to $15 behind a job or should there be more thought behind it? You definitely can hit the boost button and that will help you to get some engagement and visibility, extra eyeballs on your post but it helps if you have that strategy behind it. And you and Matt talk a lot about having smart goals. And so that's something that we encourage any staffing company that we speak with to do. You know, hitting the boost button, it's kind of, it's fun and it feels good to hit that button, but take the extra step, you know, think through what is your goal that you really want to achieve? How are you going to measure it and make sure that the costs are appropriate to that goal? And is it achievable slash realistic? Like if you're spending $100 on that Facebook boost, but you need X number of applications, um, weighing the cost to just determine, is that a goal I can meet by hitting this boost button? Um, so it's those sort of things that we encourage clients to do. And if you can, if you have the resources to take that extra step, get your ads into business manager, um, have a little bit more of a complex setup, that's going to serve you better in the long term. You alluded to an episode that we dropped last year titled, Why Do You Need a Smart Goal? We'll put a link to that in the show notes that if you haven't listened to that episode, you can certainly do so. But SMART goals are specific, they're measurable, they're achievable, they're realistic, and they're time-bound. Essentially, a SMART goal takes a hope or a wish, quantifies it, sets a boundary and a parameter so that you know if you're shooting out into just the wild, wild west of Facebook advertising or if you're actually reaching business goals and business objectives. It quantifies that hope and wish. So Hannah, as I mentioned a little while ago, we're overseeing roughly 130 to 150 ad campaigns on Facebook. And that number might be a little light. Uh, you would know more than I would. But I'm curious to know from you what's working really well right now and if you have any sort of data that backs up what's working right now. Yeah. So, and that SMART goal episode is one that I go back to a lot. So <laughs> happy to mention that. But um, with Facebook campaigns that we're managing right now, the focus for most of the staffing companies that we're talking to is still on recruiting. Candidates are very hesitant to get back into the job market, apply for jobs, start new positions when there's lots of uncertainty on many levels. And so what we found is that even with traffic campaigns, you know, linking people to your job board, um, campaigns like that that have been successful in the past, we're having to adapt those and find new ways to make them successful in 2020, heading into 2021. Um, so what we were finding is a lot of those campaigns that take candidates to your job board, 
people are dropping off. They might be exploring your jobs. They might be clicking into them, but ultimately the applications weren't coming through. And that's how staffing companies determine their ROI and their marketing. So what we did was for a lot of these campaigns, just take that process out, keep people on Facebook, get their information right away and pass that off to their recruiters so that they have it and they can work those um, contacts into your candidate pipeline and get them placed into jobs with your staffing company. It's an awesome idea. I know Matt and I have talked on Insights before about how Facebook and all these social platforms, they make money by keeping users on that social platform. So the more that you can play by their standards, by their rules, by their playbook, the more you'll benefit from it. Yes, in a best case scenario, we want to drive an eager candidate to a job on your job board where they apply. And in one interview, you know they're perfect for a role. Best case scenario. But as Hannah's saying, it doesn't always work like that. So you need to think through these other strategies and these other tactics. Yep, exactly. So wherever possible, we're thinking of ways that we can shorten that process for candidates, make it as easy as possible for them to get in touch with your company and start finding out about the opportunities that you have. Um, so one strategy, one campaign type that we use in Facebook, it's actually called a lead generation campaign. You don't have to use it strictly for B2B. You can use it really for anything. But the reason that it's called that is because when people click on your ad, instead of linking them off Facebook, going to your job board or your website, it will pull up a form that's fully customizable to you. And it will basically just capture people's information right there. So it's one touch application. I think that's great. You think through Facebook and you think through the user experience, individuals are mindlessly scrolling on Facebook while they're watching TV, while they're watching sports, while they're looking at the evening news, they're scrolling mindlessly. All of a sudden something captivates their attention. They stop. Matt and I consider that thumb stopping content, right? So you stop on that. You look at it for a second. To Hannah's point, you can fill out a form directly on Facebook and that's considered a lead. Yes, lead generation for staffing and recruiting firms is typically that B2B, generating prospects and generating potential client conversations. But we need to also start thinking through the passive candidate or the active candidate who is also a lead. It's a great point, Anna. Yeah. And the nice thing about these particular forms is that because you're keeping people on Facebook, most of the information you're collecting is going to pre-populate in that form and all the candidate has to do is hit submit. And then it goes right to you and your team. Super easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do have some examples of candidate or clients who have used this and seen great results. So on average, the campaigns that I'm managing right now in 2020 in this economy, um, they're ranging between like two to $3 each. So for two to $3, that's a very cost effective way to establish that initial touch point with a candidate, reach out to them, get them applying for more jobs, get them in for an interview, that sort of thing. Um, it will vary by, you know, your market, what type of candidate that you're looking to fill, but overall that's a great cost, I think. And Matt, I know you look at cost per application quite frequently is is two to three dollars on Facebook? Is that in line with what you might see somewhere else, or or how do we feel about that? That's really good for a cost per application. It's when I hear two to three dollars, that's the number you're going to, the metric you're going to strive for if you're using Indeed Quick Apply or ZipRecruiter Quick Apply, and it's confirming the trends we see as Facebook has entered into this 
jobs market, essentially, in the last two, three years, candidates and people are thinking of Facebook as a place to go actively search for a job. So if you're getting the same cost per candidate lead on Facebook that you can get on Indeed Quick Apply or ZipRecruiter Quick Apply, it's vital to consider that as part of your recruitment budget because people are searching for jobs in different places and the data is there to help you get candidate leads very cost efficiently. Hannah, what else you got for us? Well, like Matt said, we're able to get that low cost reaching people who are interested in job hunting because Facebook has that powerful targeting. You can target people who are interested in employment agencies, in job interviews, and all those sorts of different job hunting behaviors. Um, So that helps us lower the cost too. Hannah, I want to pump the brakes there just for one quick second. When we think about targeting on Facebook, we do need to be mindful of um, protected classes, right? We we got to be certain that we're not over-targeting, so to say. And I know that you spend a ton of time looking into this. You know, Facebook makes it super easy to serve ads to someone who's 18 to 22 in a very specific demographic. Because we're filling jobs, we can't do that, Right. Yeah, so you can have a lot of fun with the targeting in Facebook, but if you're tar- if you're promoting jobs, you really do need to be careful. Um, so that's where we recommend doing your research and making sure that you're using the employment special ad category um, so that you're not targeting people based on anything that would be potentially discriminatory, like age, gender, um, zip code, that sort of thing. Perfect. Anything else for us, Hannah? No, but if you have any more questions about Facebook in future episodes, I'd be happy to come back. And I want to thank you for coming on to the show and sharing your insights with us. If you have a question about your Facebook marketing strategy, your Facebook advertising strategy, you can click on Hannah's bio in the show notes, shoot her a message on LinkedIn, let her know what you're thinking. I know Hannah would love to answer those questions for you and provide any sort of additional insights that she can. Hannah, thanks again. Thank you for having me. Do job descriptions impact your employer brand more than you think? Matt, we see job descriptions more or less throughout the industry more times than not is just a throwaway field in an application. Uh, it's, it's scary to say we've said it multiple times. You know, Jennifer Lambert on episode one of Secrets of Staffing Success said the industry by nature sells a job like the ingredients on a beer can, not like a beer commercial. They're using that job description as a throwaway field. And Matt, we can't be doing that. We can't be doing that because a lot of companies treat it as just that, a job description. That doesn't get people excited. And with employer branding, the reason it's impacting the perception of your employer brand more than you think is let's put ourselves in the shoes of an active job candidate. Never heard of your company before, right? came home from work, ready to look for a job. We go to Indeed, we search for marketing jobs in Buffalo, New York. We come across companies we may have heard of, may not have heard of before. We That's the first time we're going to have an impression of a company. With Think about what comes up in those search results from Google, Indeed, ZipRecruiter, whatever job board. That's the first impression a potential candidate to work for your company, potential employee has of your staffing agency. And it's so cliche, but you don't get a second chance to make a first impression, Matt. And when we think about the first impression that the industry has, historically, it's a pretty negative one. You know, as we look at online reviews from throughout the industry, it's not that great. 
we're getting better. We're actively managing that. And we're working to really build the reputation of the staffing and recruiting industry. But historically, it's had a pretty negative reputation. So Matt, to your point, we need to do everything we can to showcase that positivity, to showcase that positive employer brand directly in those descriptions. So we think about the first thing people see when they search for jobs or the job title. So are your job titles in line with, with, with what people want to see? Then the salary. Like that's what gets people excited to click on jobs. If the salary is in line with their expectations of getting a new job, if it's similar or less, they're probably not that excited. But if it's, you know, higher or even, you know, a little bit higher, that's going to be an impression. Okay. Hey, staffing agency pay, doesn't pay a lot of money. They're cheap, unfair or not. That's the impression. Right. And then after that, you're looking at the description, you're looking at the actual job um, qualifications, the requirements. And historically, I'll use that word again, the industry is using that job description to pre-qualify individuals. You're looking for a set of parameters to say, if you don't meet these requirements, don't even bother applying because this is what we're looking for. You're not selling the job. You're not doing anything from an advertising standpoint to captivate attention, to get somebody to actually want to apply to that job. And this is where it comes down to the difference, I think, between a job posting, job advertisement, job description. You know, the job description is you pull out the file door. This is what Matt does on a daily basis, right? The responsibilities, qualifications, et cetera. That posting and advertisement, as you were talking about, it takes work to write really good job postings and advertisements, especially in staffing and recruiting, because there are so many job orders. You know, traditional companies probably don't have hundreds of orders every week. So it's it's easy. It's the path of least resistance to just copy what you receive from your client and post on your job, on your job board, on your website, on Indeed, et cetera. So what can you do in those first couple of sentences, right? The what's in it for me mentality we've talked about a lot, the me being the candidate and not your client or not you, you know, why should a candidate apply for this job? And then also, I think if you have a, a tone or a personality you're trying to portray as a company. Not everyone needs one, right? Certain organizations have different tones than others. But if you have a different tone that you're trying to, to portray online, that's the first time someone sees it. So the first time they see your company, that job advertising, if you're a playful, fun company, how does that come across in your job posting? But if you're, if you're more of a serious by the book company, how does that come across in your job in your job advertising? In a couple episodes ago, we said it's okay for your employer brand to repel candidates. That's the first time you can either attract or repel your candidates is in that posting. And that takes so much courage to admit that you don't want to accept applications from just anybody and everybody. It's okay to be selective with how your branding and how your um, job descriptions are funneling individuals in, right? You want to make sure that you're getting the best qualified individual for the role that you're actively trying to fill. Matt, what else can we do in those descriptions? Should we be putting you know, testimonials? Should we be putting our reviews from other websites in those descriptions at, at the footer? Should we, should we be sort of adding any credibility boosters at the bottom of those descriptions? It's a good question. I would think you know, depending on where people are searching for jobs, if they're not on your website, you want to make sure you're collecting positive reviews on Indeed, on Facebook, on Google, because someone's going to see that, right? They're going to see 50 jobs opening at Brad's staffing company, 37 reviews. Are you 2.2 or are you 4.2? That's going to have an impression. We're, we're putting together all these different data points quickly 
to determine that initial impression of your company on your website? Is there a way to tie in those reviews to your website, to your job board, so that you can see recruiters have, you know, a very good reputation or they have a, you know, if you have a poor reputation, you're obviously going to want to hide that or work for ways to improve it. So reviews, I think are really important with that job description, you know, on those first couple of sentences, I think what works really well is, Hey, you know, if it's a second shift job, are you looking for second shift work? Pay differential is 50 cents an hour. This is for you. Or are you looking for a first shift job with no overtime, no required overtime? This is for you. We have very different needs right now in this uncertain times of COVID with schedules changing almost by the week, it seems. So you want to mention those first couple of sentences in the opening of your job, advertisement, posting, description, choose your word to connect with that candidate and make sure you're getting the right people and making that first impression positive. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us? You could tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You could check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. My podcast partner, Matt Lozar, This is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.